Welcome to Camarillo Community Church. My name is David Hurtado. I'm the lead pastor here, and I'm so glad you're with us. One plug for next week, we're going to have a special guest speaker. Um, his name is Caleb Kolkenbach, and he wrote a book called Messy Grace. He's going to be presenting next week. Uh, his story is very unique in that he was a kid who didn't grow up in the church, actually had a mother and father split up, divorced when he was young. Mother turned lesbian, father turned gay. When he's 14, 15 years old, he had to come out to his parents as a believer in Jesus Christ. You can imagine how that story went over, and he has a great perspective on how we can be, uh, uh, you know, loving towards every people group and, and wanting in the, in the heart to reach every people group, and at the same time trying to uphold truth. And so you're not going to want to miss that. Be here next week. We have 25 books that we will have available. If you want to buy the book, he'll sign after services, or if you have your own, you can bring it as well and make sure you are here for that. It's going to be an awesome, awesome time. All right. With that being said, happy Mother's Day. And uh, we are so glad that you are here. Um, I, uh, typically, Mother's Day is a little hard for me. Uh, I lost my mother about 15 years ago. And so what I thought I'd do is I'd tell you some funny stories about my mom. And if you guys laugh about that, it'll make me feel better on Mother's Day. Can you do that for me? And so, um, and that way, you know, I'm vicariously living through your laughter. And, and even if it's a little off color, let's just laugh anyway, okay? And so I, I will start with this one. My mother came from another country, Columbia, South America, come to the United States. She wanted to embrace everything about America, and she did that exactly, and raising us and everything. We are American. We didn't come to bring Colombian values to America. No, we came to America to embrace American values, and so much so that she said, there is no Spanish going to be spoken in my house. The reason my Spanish is so bad is because she forces to speak English because she wanted to make sure that she would learn the English language. And so all throughout life as a child, only English in the home so she could learn it better. And uh, that was my mother. And as she espoused all of American values and Americana and all that stuff, she even espoused some negative ones like road rage. And so we'd be on the road. I remember this. My mother had, you know, we were in the East Bay. She'd have to, you know, drive across the, the Bay Bridge every day to go to work. And that's a long commute. L.A. And, and, and San Francisco, I think they rival as the worst commutes in the world besides New York type of thing. And so she had like 20 years of doing this commute. She hated it. She, uh, and, and then when people, you know, somebody cuts you off or they, they get into your lane to go a little, you know, one car length further, you know, that whole thing. If that happened to her, she'd go crazy and ballistic. All right, and she would go, stupid, a stupid driver, such a stupid driver. <laughs> she would yell like that, and then, and then, and we would just let her, I mean, what are you going to do? Yes, it's a little, little Hispanic woman, a lot smaller, little pudgy, and she just, what, just let her go. She just started going crazy, stupid, stupid, stupid driver. And then she goes, David, I tell you, David, I tell you, it's a stupid women driver. It's a stupid women driver. <laughs> I'm going, mom, I don't know if you got the memo, but you're a woman. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I'll show you, David. I prove it to you. I prove it to you, David. And she'd get on the, get on the gas, drive up next to the car, and look at it and go, and God forbid if it was a woman. I told you, David, it's a stupid women driver. <laughs> oh my gosh. And we would, my brother and I just sit there and go, what do you do? I mean, just what do you, you know, just let her go. And then, you know, she, finally she confirmed her worst fears or whatever. And then it's like 10, this is the best part of the story. 10 minutes later, 10 minutes later, all right? It's kind of quiet. We're all calm again. And then we're maybe we're cresting over the Bay Bridge. And she'd go, I'm a women's, but I'm not stupid. <laughs> every time, every time. I'm a women's with an H, <laughs> pero in Spanish, but I'm not stupid. Oh, my gosh. 
so hilarious. Another one, my wife meets my mother for the first time. Uh, this is, uh, uh, you know, my, my wife meets her. You know, my, uh, my mother died one year into our marriage, and so my wife did get to meet her. And, uh, and I want to introduce my future wife to my mom. And so she runs up to Mary, and she goes, okay, I want to know your name. I want to, I want to be able to say it perfectly. She, you know, she, she, I want to be able to say your name perfectly. And she goes, okay. Hi. She goes, how do you say it? Meredith goes, Meredith. She goes, okay, Meredith. <laughs> And Meredith goes, that's really close. It's Meredith, Meredith. She goes, okay, Meredith. She goes, oh, you're so, so close. Meredith with an I, like the end, ith, Meredith. She goes, oh, okay, 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 Meredith. <laughs> and Meredith goes, perfect. And I'm like, oh, thank goodness. Because <laughs> if not, we were going to be here all day long. <laughs> oh, happy Mother's Day to you. And uh, I just would, uh, you know, besides uh, my wife being the rock of my life, um, that woman, my mother, was the most special dear woman in the world to me. And I don't know if you have someone today that you can honor and make them feel extra special day and treasure. Um, but I would beg you to do it. Because I wish she was around so I could do that for her. And uh, maybe you can give an extra special hug for me and I can live vicariously through it. So take that opportunity today to honor the women in our lives, all right? Well, it all started around March 21st, 2014. The doorbell rang, and standing at the opposite side of the door was this state worker and a four-year-old boy and a three-year-old little girl. Um, I remember quite vividly, you know, we were trained for this, but what do we do? Oh, my gosh, we're in shock. We never meet them. They never met us. But Mama was right on it, jumps into action and making sure everybody feels wonderful and feels at home, just like should. And, 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 and as soon as the worker left, the little boy starts crying and convulsing in tears, not knowing, who are these people? They seem nice, but I don't know them. They just left me here. Am I just going to stay here the rest of my life? Remember those, that, that fear paralyzing the boys until, to, paralyzing the little boy until mama could figure out, oh, wait a second, he's got a favorite TV show. What's that favorite TV show? SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh, put that on On Demand. Thank goodness for On Demand. The little boy could come off of his fear for a couple seconds as he watched TV. The next couple months and couple years would be filled with two and three hour tantrums, yelling, screaming, banging, uh, hundreds of counseling hours of appointments, and lots of court dates. Fast forward to about four months ago. Now, these two who were foster care for, for a year or two and now are fully adopted into our family. And four months ago, I had this conversation with my boy, if I can get through it. Taking him to, to school and I'm just uh, telling him, you know, Sebastian, I love you so much. I'm so glad. I know it's been a hard road and it's been a hard life and being taken away from one family and put into another and, and people that you miss, even though maybe they've not been that good to you, all those things, and that's difficult. And we, we have those kind of open conversations all the time because we want, to, want them to talk out. And, and I said, but there's a sense, Sebastian, where I just, I'm so thankful to God. That, in a weird way, I'm thankful to God that it happened because I feel like I got a precious boy and a, a new son. And, and if that stuff didn't happen, I wouldn't have get to have you. And I just looked at him, and I don't know if you're supposed to do this or not. And he's like nine years old. And I go, I just thank God for you. I can't imagine life without you. And he looked at me, and he goes, yeah, Daddy, I can't imagine life without you either probably my proudest moment as a foster adoptive parent so far. And um, today we're going to look at, you know, uh, this idea of adoption. And uh, you see, some point along the way they become 100% family where DNA, DNA means nothing anymore. They become my boy, my girl, they're hurtados, they're 100% full-fledged family. 
completely adopted. And we're going to look at this idea today, and we thought it would be a great thing to do on Mother's Day. We look at this concept of biblical adoption. What is adoption in the Bible? And it may be no better way to highlight the nurturing side of a mother than to look at this idea of adoption, what God does for us in adoption, and how we mimic it in everyday earthly adoption. And so what is adoption, and where, where does the idea come from? How does being adopted into an earthly family mirror being adopted into God's family? That's what we're going to look at today. What does the Bible say about adoption, and how do our current foster care adoption concepts relate? Again, we're taking the month just focusing on foster care and adoption, and so uh, we're just, well, let's highlight, let's look at the biblical concept of adoption. So first thing I'm going to do, lots of passages today, they'll be on the screen. Um, I want to look at the, the passages that highlight biblical adoption. The first one we're going to look at is John 1, chapter 12. John 1, chapter 12. So if you can turn there real quick, or it's on the screen if you don't have a Bible with you. But just two verses, and you guys who have been with me long know I'm going to need your help here. I'm used to, like, people talking to me when I talk. So uh, verse 12 says that, Yet to all who received him, to those um, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become what? Children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, which is a profound concept, or a husband's will, but born of who? Born of God. And so Christians are given this title, children of God, and they're born of God. If you are a Christ follower, you are also a child of God according to the Bible. Okay? They, the two come hand in hand. Let's look at another one. Let's look at Ephesians uh, chapter 1. So uh, Ephesians chapter 1 says this. We look at verses 5 and 6. It says, in love he predestined us. That's a big word. We'll define that in a second. He predestined us to be adopted as what? His sons through Christ Jesus, in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise and glory, and glory of his grace, which he has given us freely in the one he loves. And so we see this word predestined, which you, you, you see the word pre, which means beforehand. Destined, what word do you hear in destined? Destiny, destination. So beforehand, our destination was predetermined is the idea. I, I have predetermined, I've determined in advance according to my divine will that you would be a child of God. So, so he says, if you're a Christ follower in, in John 1, you are a child of God, and that was predetermined beforehand. It was a predetermined thing that God made a choice and said, I'm going to choose you as my child. And if you, when you become a Christ follower, you are a child of God, and then subordinate to that, or, or the idea behind that is that was a choice of God that he made, a predetermined choice. And so I, I, want, I want you to catch this idea here. Just like earthly adoption involves a choice, so does heavenly adoption, all right? But ironically enough, in both cases, the active agent in the choice isn't the child, but is the parent. So my kids, I mean, my, Sebastian and Vea, who, who are full-fledged, 100% hurtados now, as they've been adopted, there was a day where they needed a family, but they didn't get a choice in the matter what family they went to. They just got dropped off. The phone call, they're available, boom, you drop them off there. And we did get a choice. I remember very vividly going to the judge, being at a court where the judge says, I'm representing the state, and at that point it's the state of Arizona. These are wards of the state. We're asking you if you would like them to be your children. Would you take them into your family and make them your children? You can change their names at that point. Why? Because they're yours. Okay? And so the idea 